it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. The Vault of Startling Monster Horror Tales of Terror! <laughs> Hello, alumni of the living dead. Today's film, The Girl with All the Gifts, takes me back to my days at ghoul school. Ah, the restraints, the wheelchair field trips, and especially snack time. It's like that old saying goes, where else can you learn to read and write and get a bowl full of mealworms? I admit I was a little jealous of the rich kids who could brown bag a fresh cat from home. But let's not forget to mention those forgotten heroes, the sweet-smelling and delicious teachers that fed our minds and bodies. Some never made it to giving us a final grade, but I think they're all grade A. Enjoy this nice little sentimental feel-good movie. The Girl with All the Gifts. everyone and welcome to the vault to Starly monster horror tales of terror i am one of your hosts mr jason jacanetti and i'm joined across your radio dial by hair metal hero chris tyler babies can't eat people i'm also joined by two true freaks og chris honeywell i can smell you i can smell all of you <laughs> By my brother, Mr. Luke Giaconetti. Was that cathartic? <laughs> you know, I was I was about to make a note in this movie because, like, I'd seen that at a budget of four million. I'm like, ooh, this is low budget, low low budget British movie. And I'm like, ooh, they got Wish.com Meryl Streep for it. And then, like, about five minutes into the performance, I'm like, maybe this is is this could this be actual Meryl Streep? No, it's one yeah. close. And yes. it's unclosed, yeah. It's, it's unclosed. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so my line, which I didn't get to use, was "dirty little fuckers," because um, that's what I was going. With. Uh, but yeah, so you can't tell by what we're talking about. Like, get the fuck out of here! No, um, this movie is called "The Girl with All the Gifts," which is because uh, a 2016 film, um, and it's based on the book uh, "The Girl with All the Gifts," which kind of ironic is based on it. Uh, by um, M. R. Carey, and this is this book was the book itself was actually a uh, I want to say a New York Times bestseller. It was it was a huge hit um, by way of like by way of horror, horror books go, uh, not to be confused with like the girl with the dragon tattoo or something like that. Uh, and then it was uh, optioned into a a movie, and uh, that's what we're going to talk about here today. So. As, as uh, Chris mentioned, uh, yes, is it's not Meryl Streep in this movie. Uh, it is in fact Glenn Close and Glenn Close. Uh, yes, but, yeah, Glenn Close. <laughs> I actually, always get the two of them surprised or, or mixed up, and I'm like, look, and I like, so I look up the cast. I'm like, oh, Glenn Close. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Glenn exactly Close. Fun. She's she's a handsome woman. Very. Honey, Honeywell, Honeywell's sitting at home watching Devil Wears Prada, you know, and he's like, "God damn, that Glenn Close is good." Well, I I just watched um I just watched uh and it, and I shouldn't get it mixed up because I just watched um Don't Look Up, and that has Meryl Streep as the president in it, and you also get to see her naked and her tramp tramp stamp, but Meryl oh, Streep is still looking, you know, I mean, I'm sure there's movie magic going on, but she was still looking, she was, you know, I mean. I mean, Glenn Close looks like she's ready to play Dick Cheney, like <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> uh, like she, she was like, I was watching her and going, "What a great physical actress she was!" But she was basically playing like a big, like the old burly, like general from a action movie. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. So real, real quick, I just want to throw this in there. Glenn Close's uh, sister-in-law, Deb Close. Um, 
is was a, is a massive uh, zombie fan. And when Glenn Close was was uh, approached to do this movie, knowing that her sister in law was a huge fan, she got her a very small a, a role in the movie as a zombie. So she actually Deb flew over to the UK uh, just for the part. And the first thing she did after accepting her role was to uh, um, to let Deb know that she was in the zombie. And so Glenn Close called her and said, "I'm in the zombie movie. You're going to be in it." And uh, so. It's just one of those things that it's like the little things about this movie that I'm gonna be honest with you. I, I most people probably missed this movie. They probably didn't even bother watching it. Uh, it, it was. I mean, it's not that it wasn't advertised, but it just kind of fell in a weird time. Um, you know, where 2016, we kind of were still. We we we're, we're, we're getting into like you know, the, there's huge blockbuster movies. There's always blockbuster, but like there's Marvel movies and there's you know, we're getting into a time of like Star Wars coming back and things like that. Just it was just a lot of stuff and. Movies like this sometimes get overlooked. Um, what you might notice is in the beginning of the movie, there's aerial footage that was shot by a second unit, and they actually shot um, in towns near uh, Chernobyl in the Ukraine. Um, and they were interested, uh, the director, um, Colin McCarthy, was actually very interested in the post-apocalyptic imagery and the urban ex uh, exploration. He wanted people to... Uh, you know, that shooting in Chernobyl like that uh, was doubling for like urban London. It's, it's a it's a little town called uh, Pritiat. Um, it's to kind of show the the how the um, the post apocalyptic uh, the way the the country looks here. The the difference is what we had in a movie like twenty eight twenty eight days later, where they kind of just digitally erased everything and a lot of stuff. It, it didn't look as post-apocalyptic as this opening of the movie does. Yes. I'm just being honest. It's true. I mean, it kind of just looks abandoned, but it's only been 28 days. This has clearly been much more than a month. So. Yeah. Yeah, I had to, I like, I was trying to do the math, but then, like, as soon as you find out, as soon as you look at the kids, you're, you're like, it's about that long, probably, you know. Yeah. As long as the oldest kid that you see, which is probably her or the guy she beats up with the bat, so you're talking like a decade or a little more than a decade. And yeah, and I, I, I didn't even, th I thought that it was just skillful CGI, but that's, that's a money saver right there. It's just <laughs> film a really. Oh, I, I build something if you can get, if you have something for real. If you real. could just go oh, yeah. film it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And yeah. And I mean, I was, I like, I saw the trailer for this movie and like, um, we were talking about beforehand, like, uh, Luke was sort of saying, I was sort of expecting this to be a, like, as, as soon as I saw the, 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 the trailer, which focused mostly on the, the scene in the, in the classroom. And I was mm -hmm. like, this is going to be a bunker movie similar to day of the dead. And, you know, it does definitely has some tribute to day of the dead in it, but like, it, it it does it. It becomes a classic, you know, out in the out in the streets, zombie on the street interview type movie. Which zombie on the street kicks it. Uh, like honestly, I probably could have watched it as a a bunker drama, but I probably would have been like that was a good movie and and forgot about it. But um. You know, maybe from the benefit of it also being based on a book and having the writer like really thinking out the kinks of the storyline and adding, you know, I, I, I'd, I'd like to read the book to see how much of the different layers in this movie were added by the were added by the movie or because I, I know that the girl in the book was described as being pale white and yes. uh, and by making her a black actress it adds a whole new like metaphorical thing to having, you know, locked up and not trusted or whatever. But I think they probably chose that actress because she was, she was great. insanely good. You know, yeah. she That's was, she just. In, in, in the book, Helen is actually described as being a dark skinned black woman in her forties, which is, uh, you know, so the thing is they kind of swap characters around mm -hmm. to give you a different idea, you know, kind of thing. So, but, but boy, oh boy, this this covers like a lot of different different vibes. Like I said, it's got some Day of the Dead vibe. And Hero and I were right on DMs talking about definitely Last Man on Earth vibe. Yeah. Well, the uh, one that the one that really jumped out to me about this was uh, you mentioned Twenty Eight Days Later, and it definitely has that Twenty Eight Days Later vibe. 
both mm-hmm. from a visual standpoint, but also thematically with a, a small group traveling through an abandoned, uh, you know, at, towards the end of this, traveling through an abandoned city with danger all around them. Um, the, you know, this, by the nature of the fact that these are truly scientific zombies, the one that really, I thought this really reflected was Gamera 2, Advent of Legion from 1996, which I covered in 2021 on Earth Destruction Directive. And if you haven't seen Gamera 2, that is a film where an alien life form comes to Earth, it takes over an area, creates a spore, and then the spore explodes so that it can keep spreading. And mm-hmm. it takes in a in a city setting. And so it's an invasive species that, you know, spreads itself by, by a spore and is not compatible with human life. So it very much reminded me of, of that film. And, and again, leaning heavily on the science fiction aspects. You know, we, we've talked, um, you know, quite a bit on this show about, you know, supernatural versus scientific, especially in the uh, context of a zombie film. And this one, I thought, did a really good job of leaning on that science. Because a lot of times on a scientific zombie film, it's just kind of lip service. Yeah. You know, oh, it's a virus. Whereas here, we get the full pathology of how this stuff works, mm-hmm. why why it's doing what it's doing. We get its full life cycle, you know. So I really thought that from a, you know, from, from just, just again, we're, we're always saying, let's do something different. Let's not just rehash the same thing. So leaning on that science fiction aspect, I thought really worked in this film's favor. And that is one of the things that really got me interested, you know, with, with Glenn Close's character, with the, the doctor, as she's ex- explaining the idea that it's a fungal infection that wraps itself around the brain and controls the actions. And then the zombies themselves behave like a, you know, a, a different species. They're not, not acting like a traditional zombie. You know, they're, they're gathering energy and, and nutrients so that they can molt and produce the next way that the species is going to propagate. I mean, it's, to me, that is what really sold me on this. Yeah. So the crazy, you, oh, go ahead. The, the crazy part is, is that the, the, the way that this is spread here, it's actually, uh, there's a real-life fungal uh, fungus yep. that bears a remarkable resemblance. Um, it's usually referred to as a zombie fun- fungus. Yep. And what happens is it, it's only in insects, like in carpenters. Um, ants. Yeah. Yeah. Cordyceps, yeah. I've, seen, yeah, I've yeah. seen the nature documentary. It is fucking yeah. terrifying. Yeah. I have that. Yeah, I, I have I, this in I my notes, I can tell you, too. you know, I knew, this, I knew this guy who lived in a dorm with shared uh, showers when I was a freshman. They had some zombie fungus going on, too. <laughs> Get some shower shoes. That's all I'm saying to my, uh, you know, younger listeners might be going off to college. Shower shoes, please, please. Okay, so the thing is, um, in the movie, we see the fungus grows, obviously, through their head to produce the long stalks and whatever. Um, the, the, the crazy part is that the, the zombie fungus itself actually protects its infected host from the environmental pathogens, which we also see here, right? The actual fungus that goes into the carpenter ants it wraps around, it, it controls them, and it, the carbon ants will stay, it will, will defend the, the fungus from other pathogens. It's crazy that there's like, but that's, I think, why this movie works so well. Luke, that's what Luke was talking about. It's because it's grounded enough in a in yeah. scientifically real, although it doesn't happen in humans, It's it's got enough, like, you think, that's crazy. Well, that thing exists. Holy crap, it does? Yeah. yeah. That's, you know, so and and that's been there's been like a lot of um um talk about like funguses and and you know fungal fungal consciousness it was a plot element in the first season of the star trek discovery show there was that uh did any of you guys see that movie gaia it came out a couple years ago i think within the last year or two and it's like in the rainforest and uh a couple people are, you know, doing environmental impact research for the government or something, you know, researchers, and they stumble on a, a family that's, the, uh, you know, a scientist and his son that, that moved out there. And there's a, basically, there's a rainforest fungus that's probably from extraterrestrial. It's going to take over people and, and outspore off them. So it's sort of maybe something in the, you know, a sort, a sort of th- maybe in the the twenty twenties will be the year of fungus horror movie. The fungus is among us movies. Uh, I think that's the thing in the Last of Us video games. It's the same it's thing. A, it's a yeah, yeah. I think it's a fungal 
infection in that too. Yeah. And, anyway, you know, science and then there's based. that toxoplasm. There's that that parasite that's in cat shit that like can get in your brain and make you like a, into a cat person. Is oh, the, that's well, the, that's the urban person, legend so. of it. You know. So real quick, Gaia is a 2021 movie, um, running about an hour 36. It's really good. I, I read a review of it, and I'm like, I'm going to And I saw that it was on the streaming service I was on. And I'm like, I'm going to watch that. And uh, it was good. It was, uh, It was. yeah, it's a quick, it, it goes fast. I just, I just wanted to make sure I threw it out there. Okay. So, um, you know, the thing is, we've talked about uh, with, with the girl with all the gifts, is that um, obviously this is the kind of movie I think a lot of people missed. Uh, there's, there's, you know, situations where, you know, movies come out at certain times, depending what's going on by way of like, you know, um, you know, what's happening in the, in the world, what's happening, whatever. So, um, the budget here is, uh, was approximately 4 million, uh, um, you know, in pounds, right? It's estimated in pounds. The worldwide gross, they're saying about $4 million. Um, I think this movie kind of, again, it didn't have a run in the U S in any theater capacity, at least had nothing major. Uh, the issue becoming, of course, that like, you know, movies like movies like this might very well, uh, you know, be better than most of the stuff you're going to see. It's just hard sometimes to get into a into a movieplex. It's kind of hard to get it on a screen, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Glenn Close is, is is a well-known actress, but sometimes you just can't get it on there. You just she's can't not like it. a big box office draw no. anymore. Exactly. You know? No. Exactly. No. No. This this thing would have played. Luke Luke knows where I'm going to go with this. This thing would have played like in Bethel, at an art yeah. house theater. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's where we saw movies like Memento and The Wrestler before they became Brotherhood of the Wolf. Like we saw those kind of movies in art house theaters because the major theaters wouldn't carry them. So we go see them in these art house theaters, and then they become like these big hits, and they'd want them later. This thing never caught on and became that big hit, but. Knowing, uh, you know, for years, having read Rue Morgue and Fangoria and Horrorhound, they talked about these things for, you know, this is the best movie come out of England. We got to get it here in the U.S. And when it got here, I was like, we got to watch this. And, you know, it's one of those things that it could have it could have totally gone like, you know, trying to be too different, you know, kind of sometimes sinks your ship. I think here, because it was different enough from what we had seen from so many zombie movies, it makes it unique enough uh, that okay, it's interesting. It doesn't stay where you think it might stay. And I'll be honest with you, that little girl, she's phenomenal in this movie. Yeah, yeah. but she's so good. And it's I think it's her first uh, full, first like full time acting role. She's wow. uh, I'll look it up. Um, but she, she owns that role top to bottom and keeps you on your toes trying to figure her out from beginning to end. Yeah, yeah it's a great great performance. <laughs> Yeah, that's one of the things I like about this movie is in the beginning, they set it up so you don't know what's going on. You're just like, why would somebody treat kids this way? Even if they like were infected with the zombie thing, wouldn't you feel sorry for them or something? And like it may and they're calling them friggin abortions and stuff. And And then but then you find out how they were born and it's like, okay, that's why they're calling them that, you know, that's that's rude. But okay, it makes sense within. And then when you and and as you're watching it in that first, well, throughout the whole movie, except for really the teacher, you can't really tell who's who's a good guy, who's a bad guy. Is there? It's it's because it's not that kind of movie. They're they're they're, you know, playing it from every point of view, and also like you don't know if like at one point I was like, could this little girl be a hive mind? Because she's so you know, she's so intricate. Because she could either she's acting very alien, but at the same time she's spent her life, you know, chained to a you know wheelchair in a classroom and being studied and and everything so who wouldn't be you know socially awkward and you know weird especially if you're like hyper intelligent so she could have been a normal really smart kid or she could be part of an alien hive mind that was just like trying to get as much information as possible and it's still possible i guess that you could interpret it as that but you know that the 
in in movies like this it's like especially the 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 one guy that's with him you really you know he really does not like he's grizzled and hardened and he doesn't doesn't like her kind he especially doesn't like her and that's i mean a standard story arc they have an understanding by the end of the movie and even like each other by the end of the movie but this one really earns it it makes sense it's like so solid like there's there really isn't a false beat in the whole thing like the only thing that i could you know the direction is a little bit a little, little bit sterile you know it could be have a little more style to it but that's just like the tiniest quibble everything works so so perfectly together and keeps begging more questions as it goes along so real quick sienna nanu is the actress's name this is her first feature film she was in a short in a documentary short that uh for like a brief minute and a a reenactions thing this is her first film and she's only actually made three films to date um i mean she's young she's probably like you know going to school too it's got it makes sense um, but the thing is, she's, uh, you know, a young actress who at this point, when she was I mean, relatively young making this, obviously, uh, you know, then went on to make a couple other movies and that's it so far. You know, whether she sticks with acting, who knows, whether whatever kind of thing. I mean, she only wound up making her only three feature films are, uh, um, hold up real quick here. She's, you know, so she was in, uh, the movie called The Fight. It's another, uh. Uh, it's from 2018 then it was an episode of the TV show and the movie called Frankie in 2019 so you know it's not like this isn't this is somebody who's been acting her whole you know for like since she was a little like a little baby she's you know her debut she I mean I think she she's outstanding in this you know what this reminds me of for those of you who have seen the original uh, let let me in let the mm. right one in technically right mm. you know? mm-hmm how those like those they're they're, no, they're unknown little actors and actresses and they just own the movie because they're just they're in yeah. that role and they, they they're, they're not afraid to go in you know go pull out um you know so just it's just again i mean we i know we we're kind of we, we tend how you know we love this movie you do it's it's the thing is though it's not like it's not like um it's not like zombie. It's not like uh, you know a gut puncher. Like it's not like that. It's not that kind of you know where like you know kind of like you're gonna see all these crazy like you know, in zombie. There's all the different set pieces like where they snap the thing off her eye and then there's shark fighting a zombie. Like that stuff doesn't happen here. This movie is serious. It makes you think. Um, it kind of pushes some uh, you know uh, boundaries maybe of what you know you kind of like the way your people are being treated. Um, you know, I mean, I always find it funny that the sergeant in the movie is actually, he's in Hot Fuzz, where he plays one of the detectives. Yeah. Um, you know, kind of thing, and I'm like, but he's very serious here. He doesn't, you know, he's not playing it for laughs, you know, kind of thing. No. But, no, everybody just, everybody came to this with, they clearly had a vision, and, and we want to we wanna make you uncomfortable for most of the running time. And they succeed. Yeah. yeah the, other, the other thing I really liked is that uh, so this was like uh, like Jay said, some of this was shot in the Ukraine for some of the drone shots and stuff. But yeah. otherwise, this was shot um, in in England. Yep. You know, so this was this was filmed. Look at the location. So uh, in the West Midlands. So you know, in and around Birmingham. You know, so it really does look, even though it's supposed to be London, it does in fact look very much authentically like a, a British uh, city. And what I like to British there, there, post-industrial town too. Yeah. So. Yeah. Right. Um, but the the things I like there were there were two little pieces that that stood out to me. Two little um, just just background stuff on the location that absolutely sold it. The first is about halfway through. There's a Lidl, and if you're in a certain part of this country, in the United States, you are now familiar with Lidl as the another European grocer that has started making rounds here in the U.S. that is very popular in the U.K. and, and uh, continental Europe. So seeing the Lidl just amused the hell out of me because <laughs> I shop at a Lidl, you know. And then the other one is there's a whole set place that takes place um, at the newsagent. Right next to the newsagent is a Barclays, which is a bank. And Barclays, one of the most well-known, uh, you know, more modern British uh, brands here in the U.S., you know. If you are a basketball fan, you know that the Nets play at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. If you're a, um, a soccer fan, 
you know that Barclays is the sponsor of the English Premier League, and you hear Barclays all the time. So just seeing Lidl and Barclays really, and, the fact, and a news agent at that, really, you know, helped, uh, you know, it made it authentic. You know what I'm saying? Ground it, it, yeah. Just a generic, it wasn't a generic street. It really was. This really is England. This really is, this really could be, you know, an overrun section of London. You know, an, an odd an odd set, uh, side of London right now. So I really like that. The other thing I did want to mention about the uh, the news agent scene. So the corporal goes in to, you know, he, he shimmies under the door and he finds all the food there, right? And he starts eating, which I, I that part I totally get. This is the one where you have to question someone's judgment, right? Okay. I was questioning his food. judgment before that. <laughs> no, no. Hold on a second. This, this is what I'm talking about. The, the fact that he's out there to find food and supplies. Okay. So that's what he's doing. And he's going to eat, eat something because he's found basically the mother load, right? Absolutely. I got no question. We also saw him eating some of the, the, the canned food when really, they were yeah. in a little mobile laboratory. Okay. It's a zombie apocalypse all around you. But hey, girly magazine. That's the but first he thing was, I'm going for. We right? established he was a horn dog, right? In the because the first scene with the teacher, remember they're talking about her behind the mirror, and he goes, "Yeah, yeah. but she's right fit though, isn't she?" And right, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. Out. so he's been a horn dog. My no only note about that whole thing is Kiernan too dumb to live, because he's <laughs> the only character who's like seriously too dumb to live, and that he. Sh- I'm surprised he made it this far because as soon as you're following a trail of cans, right. As soon as, like, he was literally, like, physically acting out the dum de dum de dum Hey! Yeah. Oh! dum de dum de dum Basically, oh. yeah, it's, it's, it's and, the, and it was yeah. like... Yeah, it's the bird seed leading to the big pile of bird And the doors seed. just oh. open enough to, for him to get under without his gun and his pack, and it's just like, Ugh. yeah, dum-dum. <laughs> but it was, it was nice tension, you know? You yeah. gotta have somebody somebody that dumb but like yeah he was he was he was dunzo but um <laughs> yeah the other the other aspect that i thought was interesting that i'm and i'm trying to think of anywhere else that i would have seen this particular approach is that you know um our our main character is born a zombie right okay she she is born apparently like, with teeth not, apparently they they have teeth though these babies because well, you know, i will they... i will say i will say this some children are born with a full set of teeth in their mouth that is <laughs> not not common but it's not unheard of either so it is um, but um it's unsettling. You know, so yeah well th- this made me this made me think kind of in a tangential way about harvey comics right because in harvey comics one of their main characters was casper the friendly ghost and it always begs yeah. the question, well, he's a ghost, was he, who was he, you know? But then the publisher of Harvey, you know, at one point he came out and said, no, he's a ghost just as a supernatural entity. He was always a ghost. And it's like, okay, well, that kind of changes the dynamic of what a ghost is, right? Mm. Right. Because as a ghost, you were so you were alive and now you're dead. Well, that's kind of the same idea here, right? Because as a zombie, you were alive and now you're dead and you're animated. But she is, she's both, right? They talk about that that she is Schrodinger's cat. You know, she's both alive and dead at the same time because she was born a zombie. So is she alive or is she dead? We don't know. They never do a thing where they take, like, vitals or something, you know, but she's animate, she's moving, she can think and reason. So it it, it, it raises a certain moralistic question here. You know, it's like the, the doctor wants to use she's her. She's not to rotting, she's growing, Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah, and the, like I said, the doctor wants to use her to create a vaccine because, you know, who can't be topical, right, on this <laughs> podcast? We're always topical. Yeah. Topical know? five years before it happens. Yeah, so, yeah, that's the thing we're, is, we're, this is 2016, so they didn't know, so, yeah. They're just, they're just ahead of the curve, but, you know, yes. so it's like, okay, so it's like she wants to use her because she sees her as a specimen, but the teacher obviously sees her as a girl. So it, it really does raise the question about, you know, autonomy, and agency and you know if you're born a zombie do you have rights are you do you have inalienable human air quotes up to the mic rights do you have the right to live at that point are you alive but i did like that it it, and it doesn't it doesn't you know come out and like what do you think audience no it doesn't do that but it comes out with an answer i mean practically you know in the the spoilers Oh yeah, I mean, in spoilers, why, why would we assume that our right to live is any more valuable than theirs? 
you know which is the whole last man on earth yeah the i am legend thing it's yeah it it handled better in this than in i think any previous version of of i am legend you know and i love the the scene with her in close was perfect it was it did it did it perfectly where she's like all right i'll let you have my brain and spine but answer me this question and she just was as, as soon as like she answered the question she's just like then nope. hey you know <laughs> why don't i get to live you know i had you know it's any but, existential yeah. question she had no choice in in her you know she wasn't like consciously as chose to be she's not a vampire or something it's but, like it's like a it's like a roy batty type of situation yeah 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 i, yeah. I, I want for life okay. don't we all well, and she's also, they're also watching her, you know, and that's the thing is you can you can never be sure because you can't get inside someone's head, but she's, de- you know, by the end of the movie, you know, she definitely convinces the viewer that she's formed a sort of, you know, moral framework and, you, you know, ethical framework. And she has genuine emotions for the people that she's, she's with and well, to the point of where she's, she's the most empathetic character, you know. I'll, I'll tell you where that was solidified for me in this is that okay so they make a big deal about these children can only mimic human behavior right right okay if that's the case then our main character here when she's offered new clothes she is desperate to put them on she's not seen these soldiers outside of anything but soldiers uniform she's not seen the teacher probably outside of the same only a real child would be that excited about getting new clothes can i have my clothes to, on yeah can and, and the seat that what clinched it for me is right after that when she's she is acting like i would have acted as a little kid and she's acting out she's like she's yeah you know she's yelling friggin abortions into the you know she's she's totally just like in uh, a child world and acting like one and there's no reason like if she got away from the house and was instantly like the dog in the thing, you know, and just yeah. like, you know, no. you'd be like, oh, shit. But no, she she acted like a real kid. You know, she went and poked around a little bit. You know, when you see the dog, you're like, oh, dinner time. But then it's like, no, she gets she does a, like the real plan that anybody would have done at that time. It's like, yeah, we'll get him to chase yeah. it. that because that was always my like whenever with all the zombie movies and they're always attracted by sound. It's like. Yeah, why not just set up a big fire pit with a big clanging bell in the middle of it and just you know, draw them all, all in walk there? In, yeah, uh, torch like them all up, of, you know. Like in Land, Land of the, the Dead, Dead with the fireworks truck, right? Yeah. They, they had, they had. By that time, they had developed a whole method of distracting and and bedazzling the zombies to to. And this movie had its own, you know, world building too. Of you know, you gotta sneak around, and I like that it had, you know, this is. Uh, instead of rotting zombies this is this is moldy zombies in various stages of sprouting and stuff it was it, it was nice to see that too i loved 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 there's a scene with meryl streep that and this was this reminded me of land of the dead and dawn of the dead too with the the woman pushing the baby carriage and you can see movement where the baby is and Meryl Streep is, and I was like, or Meryl Line Streep, close, close. has got to <laughs> see it. She's got to see it. So she, she does the thing, and and she just like she shrieks when the rat's there, and you get the you get the distinct feeling that if it was a baby, she would have been like, and the baby would have been like, nah, that she would have been like fascinating. Let's grab this baby, you know. It, but like the rat was what like made her like shriek. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, I honestly, the, 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 um, as we said, I mean, everyone in the movie does a great job. They all bring it. It is very seriously done. Um, it's, it's kind of refreshing to see, uh, you know, and this, I think this is one of the things why we've been kind of trying to hit these zombie movies that maybe have been kind of overlooked, you know, kind of thing, because you could make, there's, there's how many zombie movies that are just, you know, munch guts and whatever, mindless, like, like explosions and whatever. But sometimes your your movies need to be a little more subtle, you know, kind of thing. Maybe they need a little. I mean, and I'm nothing wrong with. Trust me, I love gut gut munching zombie movies as much as anybody, right? But sometimes you need a kind of different kind of feel to your movies. Um, I would say very e- easily that the the girl with all the gifts is very different than even like a movie like Train to Busan. And Train to Busan was also different oh, yeah. than Peninsula, which is its sequel. 
and they are, and they are both different than the dead you know kind of thing the dead the dead 2 are a little more similar but still like those movies are all good in their own merit and they are they're 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 different none of them are cookie cutter you're not saying like oh i saw the dead and now now i understand train to busan nothing the same no and they're handled differently the zombies are different what happens is different the relationships are different but at the end of the day they're well acted the special effects are spot on in all these movies and it's not the same old cookie cutter and that's the problem they're all well written too right exactly and that's the thing is this and i always say this all the time and luke luke knows this the worst sin a movie can do is be boring yep just don't be boring right even 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 a goddamn train you're gonna be a zombie movie zombie movies should not be boring for a second Right. Love, it, never love it or hate it, you can't go. be in the middle. That's the truth. Right, yeah. But, here, but here's the thing. Even even, even a piece of garbage movie like like Amityville Horror uh, 4, whatever the heck that was, with the, with the, kill, with the magic, with the, with the lamp. Lamp that monster. Ooh. Right. Ooh, it's a lamp monster. Right. When you watch that movie, right, you're like, God, this movie's horrible. But it wasn't boring. It just was bad because it's like, why is Patty Duke so short? Why, why don't you just throw the lamp away? Like, you know, things like that. Like, why is that priest running away like that? You know, whatever you can ask it, but it wasn't sitting there going, okay, well, there's nothing here. You know, kind of thing. It's bad, but it's not like... It wasn't so you have to realize about the Amityville Horrors, it's basically Long Island. No, no. So it's... What this, <laughs> here's, here's, what I, here's what I like about this one, okay? Just just a tangent. Yeah. yeah. So okay. Amityville, Amityville always takes place in Long Island. We're, you know, you know, three of us are, are, are New Yorkers, and Hero, he's from New England, so he kind of gets it, right? Okay. Don't love you know? with you people. No, no. I'm just saying you understand. <laughs> you wonder. You probably know enough people from it, from and around Long Island in your life that you probably understand. Is what I'm saying. Uh, unfortunately, so I had a, I when I when I first moved to, to uh, South Carolina, I had a whole argument with someone that New York is not part of New England. This was like a two-hour argument. Um. Yeah. But in it, yeah, you want to know why? Because New York doesn't fucking want to be part of New England. But anyway, um, the yeah, thing we is, we don't, don't want you. Oh yeah, sure. You you keep you keep harping on that, Matt's boy. But anyway, the um... <laughs> I love you, bastards. You ever yeah? If, if you ever if you ever see Hero's car, you can tell because it's got a, a a vanity plate that says "mass hole" on, in uh, you know in red letters. But uh, I, I am the... I am a staunch nothing on the back of my car person. <laughs> but they, they don't require a license plate on the back of your car in Massachusetts. Not if you're me. <laughs> so you're just. <laughs> Driving illegally. That's that's pretty ballsy right there. I am driving on an expired sticker right now. <laughs> that's Chris Tyler, care of but uh, you know, so I can see on. the cop pulling him over right now. Hair metal hero, huh? <laughs> see what kind of hero you are in the tank. <laughs> Missy. Captive honor ain't no honor. Nope. Yep, that, I but, agree. Uh, uh, but so yeah, so you say it's Long Island, right? Basically, Long well, this one takes the bold step of you know, you know <laughs> moving it pulls to him over. Cop pulls him over. I don't like what you said about Hereditary. <laughs> <laughs> I really liked Hereditary. Take it back. <laughs> this shit come back to bite Sorry. us one day. <laughs> oh, this God. is what I'm talking about. Like when we watched Halloween, the new Halloween, the the Bloomhouse one. How awesome it was to see podcasters get fucking killed. You know, this yes. is why. Yes. You know, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, anyway, this Amityville, the evil escapes, you know, it, it takes this thing. It's all about, you know, this haunted house on Long Island. It's all this East Coast stuff, East Coast stuff. So they set the movie in California. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Did, did they, I ever tell my Amityville story? Yeah. The Cali. Yeah. Did I ever tell my Amityville horror story? I don't recall. I don't believe so. I almost, I almost, my my mother's boss, at the time, had gotten. I think he'd gotten an inheritance or something, and found out that the Amityville house was up for sale, for cheap, for cheap, and so he he oh, was shit, he was <laughs> he was good he was gonna buy it, he yeah. was gonna buy it, and it was a fixer upper. So he was like i mean like the the real estate agent i got to see the the all the pictures through the whole house which were incredibly it was incredibly banal and not you know it didn't it, it had the windows but it didn't it, it just looked like a house in a house in long island and it had a boathouse 
and the but and he was like it's a fixer-upper and he's like tell you what if i get this you can go down there and live and you know do the you know do all the like you know initial painting work and stuff you know you can do, you work on the house you know and i'll pay you and i was like i could get paid to live at the amityville horror house and i was like yes i would do that and then started thinking about it going that's fucking horrifying because i would be staying yeah. alone in the house and he knew that too but it never went through because it was incredibly cheap because the boathouse needed so much work to be up to code oh. that it was going to cost a shitload of it was a it was a money pit yeah but i was i was this close i had the job and could you imagine like just bit all right here you go Brr. <laughs> <laughs> no, wait, Chris gets there. He's like, "Get out!" Well, too bad I can't stay. Um, yep, I, sorry. I would be. I would definitely have brought a tent just in case I had to <laughs> like sleep out on the front yard. But, Let's like, get the tent. Uh, I, I'd love to see that on like um, you know like one of like love it or not love it or less, but like uh, property ladder or one of those house flipping shows. Yeah. I was right. like, yeah. oh, we're gonna. We're gonna we're gonna bring in an interior decorator and an HVAC specialist and a cat and an old priest and a young priest, you know. <laughs> Goddamn blood wall! Stop it! You know, kind of thing. Yeah, you're Just gonna want to get these bleeding walls taken care of. The blood wall is beautiful. Yeah, you really because in today's market, tires are not looking for bleeding walls because that is very 15 years ago and no one really likes that look anymore. I would also get rid of the popcorn ceilings. I don't know why my. my my house flipping lady is from Minnesota, but you know there you go. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, you'll get that in these old in these old houses. You'll get the bleeding walls sometimes. I, you know, you, you know Susan. It works down at the market. She had the bleeding walls, and they had to move. They just couldn't she's, deal with she's it. She's gonna anymore. sound more like the receptionist from Ghostbusters, but you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah sure. No, but I, I I could say we tested the blood, and it's got bubonic plague. So that's that's got to be dealt with. That, that's not up to be vaccinated for bubonic plague if you want to live here. We don't know how, but obviously it's bubonic plague, of course. Also, we'd recommend getting rid of the evil lamp. <laughs> yes. yeah. Especially if the devil goes into the lamp or the, 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 the evil spirit. It goes into the lamp like a mouse up a, up a, under a, a rug back in the day in like a Jerry, uh, Tom and Jerry cartoon. And then they shift the lamp and then it goes out of the lamp into the house. I'm like, God damn it. Just you know, condom. with houses of evil like the Amityville house, don't you think there'd be some fucking, like, you know, like, third-rate Aleister Crowley's running around who'd be on the market for that instead of just, like, young couples who are just yeah. like, what? I know why. That's why. So. Look, this, the state of, of satanic cultists in, in 2022 is just not what it was in sad. the 60s through the 80s. Sad. Right? It's, it's sad. It is. It's pathetic. So anyway, uh, girl with all the gifts, uh, which we all liked, uh, you know, it's uh, it's it's available on Blu-ray, um, of course, for those of you who were at the physical media. Um, it every once it, it was on Netflix and or and or uh, Prime Video, definitely on Prime Video. Um, it comes on and off. It depends, hmm. obviously, what it is. It's it's one. It's on that, uh, YouTube, free with ads. Yeah, there you well, go. Okay. Right now, it's free. Free yeah. with ads. Unless you have ad block on your browser. Ah, uh, yes. So. Then it's just free. So the girl with all the gifts on, uh, you know, so if you're looking for it, um, the book, of course, is available uh, through there as well. The book is, um, well, I'm going to put it this way. The book has got tons of great ratings and stuff. It actually, there is a second book. It's called The Boy on the Bridge. It um, is by the same author. Um if you want to rent this on um, Prime Video three ninety nine, you want to buy it on Blu-ray or buy it on digital seven ninety nine. It's available out there. Well worth, I would say, well worth the time picking up if you enjoy zombie movies that are not going to be cookie cutter and boring and make you actually think and you know show you some different stuff. This is well worth the time. What, yeah. what was the Zack Snyder one that just came out? The Army of the Dead. Army of the Dead. Army of the Dead. Like a lot of like what you know people said the good things that people said about that even if they were like not like dissing it were like well at least it was trying to do some new thing you know some different things with the zombie th and that's true i guess but this this movie really does you know add it has a it harkens back to a lot of 
other zombie movies, but it definitely adds a new twist on it that actually within the movie makes it, you know, it's it's not just gimmicky stuff. It actually no. is all intertwined and beautifully done. I mean, I, if you're a zombie movie fan, I would say this is a must see. You really don't like you. You don't want to miss it. You it, it contains all the juicy stuff. And, you know, I mean, I guess there's a couple. Well, there's a bunch of different kinds of zombie fans, but you have like your serious quote unquote serious zombie movies that are trying to like you know and like your entertainment zombie movies that are you know more just about kills and catchphrases you know you know with zombie land being the far end of that you know that spectrum but this one falls definitely into that you know realism the realism of you know, like 28 Days Later, where they, like, really, you know, George Romero somewhat did that, you know, and sort of set the precedent for it just because of his, the time. But it still had that that genre, you know. It still went for the, the gut-munching because that was the only way he was going to get money to make the next one. <laughs> but, but now, but it always, you know, it always, the George Romero movies, I think, whetted people's appetite for, like, "Quote unquote realistic zombie movies, and you know that's the that's the sort of split. And uh, if you if you like the 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 zombie movies with with subtext and that this this is you you know put it at the top of your list of stuff to watch right now. Not that there's a lot of other stuff coming out, but yeah, it came out in 2016. But it seemed like I think a lot of like I started hearing about it when people all these people start reviewing it during COVID, you know, so I think that's when people got a chance to watch it and, and we're digging deep enough to see it, you know, so like four years after it came out, but it, 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 like, I almost don't want it to like, I almost like that it, it's like been a, a while. So it diminishes the chance for a sequel. Cause I like it as sort of a self-contained story. You know, I like I like the ending. I like I like where the ends at. Yeah, I mean, it's it's they could do it like the dead though. If they you know just do a different part of the world, you know, mm-hmm. it doesn't it doesn't need to be the same characters. No, although it could, I mean it would be just as interesting with the same characters. But I just sort of like the self-containedness of it, you know. Yeah, so it didn't make anywhere near enough money to warrant it. So right, yeah. right. But it's also one of those things where if it like caught on enough, it could have enough to where they're like, oh, you know, now there's enough buzz about it to where it has a new audience or whatever. But either way, it should have a new audience because it should be seen. Yeah, it's a shame that it took people four to five years to sort of if there was finally if people are watching now, it took four years until five years to find it because, you know, again, like I like I always say, like, I mean, I read. You know, I used to read Bangoria and Rue Morgue and, you know, and Horror Hound every month, you know, you can't, every whatever time they come, they're coming. And they were hyping these movies. And when they hype these movies, I start looking into them. I start seeing, is it worth doing? Is this like something I'm interested And when I saw this, I'm like, and yep, I am definitely wanting to see this because it's a zombie movie taking a different angle. I'm like, let's, I got to see it. Because even if it's uh, like, I, I knew it probably wouldn't because the book was such a hit. But even if it had not been a major, it, what, what didn't it disappoint it? It was at least trying to be different, and that I wanted to make sure I wanted to give it a fair shake. So, to me, well worth seeing. Um, I'm glad I was able to get you guys, you know, a chance to, for you guys to see it because I know, um, except for me, I mean, I did, you guys hadn't seen this before. I'm assuming. Right? Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm saying is, I'm glad. I'm glad I was able, to, you know, to introduce another movie to you guys that you hadn't seen. Yeah. No, that's that's what I'm saying. That's a it's yeah. the these zombie movies that we've been covering the last year have been. Oh, it's kind so of been good. a miraculous run, hasn't it? Yeah. Because <laughs> and like, the problem is, yeah, it's just that like because but you have to really dig sometimes to find them. Um, but as you know, whenever you're digging, whenever you're digging to find a treasure, you find a lot right. of garbage along the way. So it's about right. you know, you know. So. But. Yeah, that's that's the great thing for us is you've gone through more of the garbage. You've. <laughs> <laughs> you're the curator. That sounds better. You've you've curated. <laughs> yeah, but well, you've the had thing to is, curate through a lot of garbage to get to it. 
Yeah, you know what? Sometimes you get your you guys get your hands dirty. You, you, know, they always say you, you know you get you get your hands dirty to kind of you know do the job properly. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, but you know, Especially well worth doing your, genre movies. <laughs> yeah, but is it may. That's a that's a, that's a, one of the job hazards is sometimes you get your hands a little dirtier than yeah than uh, than you want. Yep. That's why it's great that we live in a society that has hot showers. <laughs> ah, speaking of, I gotta go take one. <laughs> I know. I can smell you. I can smell you all. Visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two Two True True Freaks. Two True Freaks has been brought to you today by Damanzo Corps of Milan, Italy, and by the letters F and U.